Okay, I'm going to jump right in. You guys good? You guys ready? Um, if you have notes, now would be a good time to take them out. If you have a notebook or something to write down with, if you, even a phone app or whatever, you can write down some notes on. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full teacher school mode um, a little bit just because I really want to give you something practical um, to walk away with. I love the preaching and the inspirational, and you're like, that's so good, but I really want to give you something concrete you can actually walk away with. Sound good? Ready? Okay. Um, so this is my wonderful illustration. I know I'm a great artist um, of my tree. That was a joke. Um, but uh, so, so this, this would be a little bit of a um, metaphor for your life. Um, for your heart. So for, for me, um, a, a, a bit, real briefly, how this was developed, um, I directed what's called the 18-inch Journey. It's a heart school in North Carolina um, in America with Jonathan and Melissa Helser. No one used to know who they were. Now everyone knows the, um, I'm no longer a slave to fear, those guys. Um, so I directed their, their school for the heart um, for, for several years with them. And so we developed a lot of this, a lot of this material. Some of it um, was taken from other sources, um, but, but for, for the most part, it's something that we, we developed. So um, this, is, this is our tree, lovely, beautiful tree with blueberries and black fruits, whatever you, those are. Um, but uh, so if you, if you think of this as a picture of your heart. So um, a lot of times we go throughout life and we um, simply try to fix the fruit. Like, oh, trim off, prune this, get rid of this, right? And you can do that for a season, right? If there is a bad, if any of you are more green thumbs, would you call it green thumbs if you, yeah, okay. Um, didn't want to say the wrong term. Um, but if, if you're green thumb in here, you would know more about plants. But you can trim and prune all you want. But if there's something wrong deeper, the same thing is going to grow back. So if you've ever weeded before, everybody should weed at least once in their life. But you're pulling out the, like, the little weeds in your, in your, in your yard. Um, if you just clip the weeds with a, we, we call it a weed whacker. What do you guys call it? Weed eater? We, yeah. Whip, a whippersnapper, great. <laughs> so if you, if you just take that to it, amazing, great. It looks awesome for about a week. And then those little suckers bloom, back up. And sometimes they pop even worse. They even come up with two or three because you, you, you um, whack them off and they, they come back even worse. So you're actually not dealing with the root issue. You're dealing with the fruit. So you're, you're looking at the, the, the thing of, hey, don't raise your voice with me. Don't yell at me. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't be jealous in your heart. Whatever you're looking at, it's all fruit issues. It's, and so for me, what I want to talk about today is heal the root, heal the fruit. So I want to look more at like the core issues that are actually motivating you, what's, what's prompting you, what's, what's, what's creating um, a desire to do that, what's creating, um, what, what's, what's your motivating factor, and that would be more root issues. So you're like, great, that sounds awesome. How do I get there? Glad you asked. Um, so we'll, we'll come back to that illustration a lot. Um, oh. Destined to be Vanna White. <laughs> She's the person in the Wheel of Fortune that hits the... <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Great. Um, no, not at all. Okay, so reflective prayer. Everybody say reflective prayer. You can, you can write that down. The point of all of this is that you hear the voice of the Lord. That's the point of everything. Before we dive into the, this, this practical tool, um, 
in, in the church, a lot of times we teach prophecy, which is amazing. Paul, Apostle Paul says, I, read, I wish that you would all prophesy. I love speaking in tongues, but I wish you'd all prophesy. Why? Because it's for the edification and the encouragement of the body in Corinthians, right? So, so we, we, we have that. But if you start prophesying for other people, but you can't actually hear the voice of the Lord for yourself, then you're simply a servant, a slave of religion, truly. So for me, I, I like to start people of like, hey, we're not talking about giving it away. Have any of you ever tried to give something away or like taught something or tried to give something that you don't have away? It doesn't work very well, right? If, if you're like, if you're trying to pull off this like or be somebody you're not or trying to, to produce something you don't have, you can't give away that which you don't have. So you wanna be, you wanna see someone be wholehearted but you're not wholehearted yourself, you're not gonna be able to give away much, right? Um, so the, the, the reflective prayer is, is a method, is, is a way to hear the voice of the Lord. That's, that's really at its core, hear the voice of the Lord. So that's, that's what I want to get you addicted to. So that's in, in um, uh, Mark 4. So that when Satan comes to tempt Jesus, Jesus' response is he's quoting the Psalms as man did not live by bread alone. I don't live by sausage rolls alone <laughs> and pies alone. I live by every word every word that surpasses from the mouth of God. Just if you're taking notes um, really quick, let me open mine. Um, yeah, that's Matthew 4, 4. So every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we live and breathe on what the Lord says about us. Great. So this is everyone. So this is not a self-help tool. Do you guys have self-help here in, in, in Australia? Like self-help? Okay. So self-help would be humanistic in nature. You're at the center of your life. So I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to change what I do, the fruit up top. I'm going to change what I do. I'm going to change my actions. I'm going to change even my thinking, which goes a little bit deeper than the fruit. That's probably more like in like the mid-level of the tree. Um, well, I'm going to change my thinking. But you're actually not motivated by your thinking. What you're motivated by is by your soul and your desires. So what I want to look at is what you're motivated by and how, what you're motivated from is your identity. That's what I am after today. So... This, this really is, is a funnel to figure out what you're feeling, bring it to the Lord, and then hear the Lord's response. Um, it's, this is not going to be revolutionary for some of you. It's just going to put it into a, a really easy, digestible um, tool for you to use. So it's not self-help. Self-help is, is, at its heart, it is trying to really help people, obviously. I, I, I get it's, it is really great, but it's humanistic in nature. So I'm at the center of my universe. I decide it's up to me. If I'm going to change my life, it's up to me, which there is a part of that. But if Jesus has to be at the center, and if Jesus isn't at the center of this, it's just going to be clipping fruit over and over again. It's going to be weed whacking. And it's going to come back. Why? Because you're not actually healing the root. You're just simply trying to behavior modify. You're simply trying to be change your behavior. Stop slamming the door. Okay, that's fine. But there's a reason why the kid's slamming the door. There's a reason why you're huffing and puffing and angry. Oh, because you're angry. Great. What are you angry about? Let's talk about that. So that, that's really what this is looking at. So this is a reflective prayer to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, so the first category is thoughts. You can write this down. Okay. So um, a positive or negative thing happens. So this, this tool can be used on in a positive manner or a negative manner. Both are um, valuable. That's an important part. 
both are valuable, so positive or negative. So reflective prayer, something happens. Um, so somebody give me an example of a good thing that's happened to them in the past week. Anything. Anybody. Anything good that's happened to you? Went to the zoo with your grandkids. Perfect. Okay. Zoo. Great. And then, um, just for, for the sake of this, keep it a little bit simple. How many of you have been cut off in traffic or wanted to, or had to blow your horn at somebody this week in traffic? That Melbourne traffic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Monash Highway. Yep. <laughs> right? So, okay. So, I'm, just for, for our example, I'm just going to say traffic. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so you're using both these for a positive and a negative. Um, for the sake of time, I usually do them separately. Um, pause on this before we dive any more. If, if you look in the book of Nehemiah, um, Nehemiah comes in. He's, he's a prophet. He, he comes into, the, uh, into the, the, the kingdom, and the wall surrounding Jerusalem is in horrible condition. And they've tried for literally hundreds of years to build this wall back up. Nehemiah comes in and he gives people vision to build this wall back up. But before they can build the wall back up, they have to start tearing down the old wall first. But there will come a time in your life, if you're fixing the root, healing the fruit, whatever it is, you're, you're trying to really go after stuff, there will come an end to you tearing down the wall. If you have enough machine, machinery, if you have enough people, if you have enough help, enough whatever, there will come an end to you tearing down the wall. That is good. But you can build for generations. The great cathedrals, if, if you visit like Europe or like some of these old, really old nations, um, a lot of these cathedrals, I, I, I love the Medici. They're, they're the people that have built the great Florentine um, cathedral. Amazing. My, my family's from um, Florence. But they, they built um, the, this cathedral. The father, Medici, built it and the great, the grandson finished it. That's crazy. Like how much in our world today, like in our normal generation, is someone like, oh, my great-grandfather started this. He's now dead and I finished it. Crazy to think in those kind of terms of like, I'm going to start building Echo Church, but it's not going to be done and my grandson's going to have to complete it. We call it a failure, wouldn't we? Honestly, like, like in today's modern culture, if someone started building the tallest skyscraper or whatever and they didn't finish it in his lifetime, we call it a failure. Probably, honestly, we would. So, but there's something that's long-term, longer thinking um, in, in, how, in, in how, how this is being built. So in this, in this case, you can build um, for the rest of your life. You, you will build throughout all eternity. You won't stop building. So long term, the positive is going to be way more effective. I really want to hear that because the positive is going to be way, way more effective. Otherwise, we get into this negative. Um, I call it navel gazing. Ooh, like just like obsessive with self, like trying to like go to another conference, go to another book, get another teaching, get another thing. You learn more and more and more. And you're, you're trying to like dig up in, in yourself. Right now in our school, we, we started BSSM, Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. It started wild and radical. And, you know, people were like, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. It was amazing. But then we realized that there wasn't much character. So we were actually neglecting the soul. And so we had these students who were like fired up and literally winning hundreds of people to the Lord, like standing on tables in McDonald's, like preaching the gospel and people were like crying, getting healed. It was amazing. Honestly, it's about 10 years ago. 
But then we realized these students would leave the charged environment of Bethel, and they didn't have the character to actually withstand this. So then when there wasn't a worship team, or when there wasn't a pastor, when there wasn't this like amazing cultural moment, that was they were getting caught up in the momentum of it. When they didn't have the momentum and things hit the fan, so to speak, and things went hard, they crumbled because they didn't have the root structure to sustain the favor that was on their life. So then we've kind of swung a little bit on the pendulum swing. No one was like, this is what we're doing. It just kind of happened naturally. And we started in incorporating a lot of emotional health classes, so much so that about a year or two ago, we started realizing like, hey, we have a lot of emotional health stuff. And it feels like, like a lot of our students just come in and just sit for a couple years and they just like, oh, let's talk about my dad and my mom and let's talk about this heart. And it's just like, oh, you're like, okay, come up, come up, come up. So I understand I'm talking about this right now, but I do want you to hold everything with intention. So everything is with intention. And there is a season to sit and there is a season to stand. You have to note what's going on right now. But for this, I want to talk about actually sitting in with the Lord and looking in. Sound good? Okay. So zoo happens. Um, actual thoughts you had. Thoughts would be things in your mind that you could actually write out on paper, like things you thought in your head, but you didn't necessarily speak out loud. Joy. Okay. So, but, but, but that's, that's not a thought. So that would be an emotion. So a thought. So like, it's like, what, what were you thinking in your head? Like a, like a phrase or something or I'm so joyful. Yeah, great, 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 great. Yeah, 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 great. Anything else? Any, any thought? Just happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so a thought could be like, wow, they're so energetic. Wow, they're so energetic. They're so full of life. They're so full of, okay, great. Any, any other thoughts that any, anybody can answer this? Any other thoughts that might be running through your head of like you're enjoying going to the zoo? Any thought? This is an amazing creation. Wow, look at all these animals. This is incredible. Okay. So what? So glad I'm not at work. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, okay, great. So, so those would be all the thoughts. I'm not going to write them down just for time. That you could actually, so you're actually thinking in your mind. The reason I'm doing this, so let me just give you like a little uh, couple feet back, um, large bird's eye view. Um, the reason I'm doing this is because a lot of times we don't know what is going on in the root structure down here. You're like, what's going on? You're like, I don't know. Are you upset? I don't know. Are you angry? I don't know. Are you afraid? I, you don't know. And many times, so many of us, there's churning down there, but we can't actually access what's going on. So then someone's like, what do you need? You're like, I don't know what I need. You know, like anybody been in that circumstance. So this is a funnel to actually understand, take out all these things and like, what am I actually feeling? What's actually going on inside of me? Okay, so thoughts. So you write down thoughts. Um, so what, what are my actual thoughts I'm thinking in my mind? Um, okay, pause there. So traffic. Um, what are some actual thoughts you're thinking in your mind? For, for, for the sake of example, I'm going to write down the thoughts for the negative ones. What, an idiot? Yeah, great. All right. the road. What else? Okay, great. This is really good. We'll come back to that. You put me in danger. What else? Um, all the exclamation points. <laughs> uh, didn't you see me? What else? 
you almost damaged my car. So the, the, the thought was, you almost damaged my car? Yeah, I'm just going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. Great, what else? A couple more? What was that? Stop being selfish. Okay, great. Expand on that a little bit. Help, help, help me understand that. They're only self-aware. They're not aware of anybody else. So, so selfish. Okay, great. Oh, great, great, great. Well, not in California, but yeah. All right, anything else? Great. So the, these are all thoughts you're actually thinking in your mind that you can get out onto paper. Yeah? Okay. So uh, after thoughts, we have emotions. So if you have a phone, um, you can get it out. It's legal. If you have a smartphone. Um, oh, nope. Don't have internet on that one. Hang on. Hang on one second. I'm just double checking. This is the same in Australia. Yeah, great. So if you Google emotion wheel, emotion wheel, you can do that right now. I don't have handouts for it. You should have handouts. And then you get probably something. You don't have to if you don't want to. But you get something that looks like this. This is psychology 101. This is not rocket science. This is not anything crazy. So in, in, the, in the example of this, you have, um, there's different versions of this one has seven um, core emotions. Some of them have six. It just kind of depends on the version you get. But um, so at the core, you'd have surprised, bad, fearful, angry, disgust, sad, and happiness. So it depends. Again, this is a little different than the ones I've, I've usually used. But you see so you have these core emotions, then you come out. So like you're being fearful. Like I'm being fearful. Okay. Is fearful look like you're scared or you're anxious? Those are both fear at their core, but they come up a little bit. So if you think of my root example, think of the roots that were down here. You, now you're kind of coming up a little bit. What does, root, what does a root actually look like? So I'm fearful. Okay, great. Are you anxious or are you scared or are you insecure? Because those are all find their root in fear. So you're, now you're trying to identify what you're actually feeling and get specific. Then come up a little bit from scared. Is, is scared you're feeling helpless? and you're feeling frightened, because helpless and frightened is very, very different than I'm feeling inadequate. But it all finds its root in fear. You guys getting some of this? So, so language is huge. Language is massive. Okay, you can put your phones down. Put them down. <laughs> I know, I'm the same way. You get a handout, and you're like, ah, you just forget what's happening. So the, the reason, the reason I, I give you this is because I want to give language to what you're feeling. Why is language so big? Because language identifies what's happening. Have you guys ever heard a song and you start like getting emotional or crying or like you just like it, it hits something inside of you? I would propose that's probably because it's giving you language for something you hadn't been able to formalize in your own strength. You haven't been able to actually put language to it yet. And then someone talks about, my, my brother, was, he has a teenage girl who's like uh, 13, 14 now. And he listened to this old country song about his, this daughter like growing up or whatever. And he's like, and I was a baby crying about it, you know, whatever. And I was like, that gave him language for something he was experiencing that he hadn't formalized and put into the words yet. So emotions and language are huge. Why? Because they identify what's happening inside of you. Right, and someone, someone can come, come to you and be like, and you're like, oh, I'm fearful. And you're like, oh, you were scared. I'm like, no, I'm not scared. I was insecure. Or 
I was feeling threatened or rejected. Very, very different things coming from a same core issue. Yeah? We're going to keep moving, and it will, it will all come together. Okay, so um, your emotions um, in the zoo. So that you said joy, right? That was great. What else? Happy? Mm-hmm. What's the difference in happiness and joy? Yeah, happiness might be. So, so happiness would be more maybe mental based and joy would be a bit more gut heart based. Okay, so circumstantial versus not. Yeah, great. You're just looking for language right now. There's not a right or wrong answer. Any other emotion? Wonder, okay, great. Excitement, great. Anything else? What? Contentment. Wow, great. Great word. Language is huge. Content as a songwriter, language is massive for me. Because you're looking for the just the right word and you can finish a song and you're like, no, that's just not right. You know, and then you hear it and you're like, that's what I'm feeling, that right there. And it you got you guys know what I mean? There's like you're looking for the language that actually connects. Great. Okay, so you get the idea, right? Emotions. So um let's just uh so then traffic. What are emotions happening in traffic? Anger, great. Anger, frustration. Fear. I'm going to say outrage next to anger. Anything else? There's not a right or wrong answer. Any other emotion? Stress? Is that what you said? Yeah, stress. Great. So now I'm going to look on this little feeling wheel. Um, so who, who were the traffic people again? Like this week you had a traffic incident <laughs> moment, traffic moment. Great. Okay. So um, angry. Okay. So were you feeling let down? No. Okay. Were you feeling humiliated? Okay. Um, bitter. Not quite. Mad. Yes. Okay. Aggressive. Horn. Certain fingers. <laughs> Frustrated. Yeah. Frustrated. Great. Um, distant. Critical. Great. So, so even in there, some of you may have had different things. Why? Because beautiful because you're a human. And so you're going to experience different things. So you're just looking for language. Again, remember the funnel? You're looking for language. Okay. So we're going to move on from here. So you have thoughts and you have emotions. Um, and then you ha if I had room, I'd write down here. But um, actions, but I'm going to write up here just so you can see it. So actions, you can write that down. So what were you actually doing? This might seem elementary, 
But the reason we do this is because you don't always necessarily even realize what's prompting you and what's motivating you. So you're, it's just taking a step back and being like, actions, okay, what am I actually doing? Growing up, when my mom was frustrated, I don't know why she did it, but she would like breathe in really deep when she was really at the end of her rope. And there were three kids, you know, being antics and doing all sorts of stuff. And she would just breathe in really deep and go, and she'd flutter her eye, her eyelashes a lot. And we're like, oh, mom's mad. You know, like that, that was the sign. That was like the thing. I don't know why. And then we told her, mom, like mom's mad. And she would be like, I'm not flashing my eyelash. And we're like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You know, this is, this is back and forth. So you start realizing, oh, there's signals. There's signposts. There's emotional states that are signaling, hey, there's something going on. I'm really outraged. There's something going on. I'm really frustrated. There's something going on. I'm batting my eyelashes. So what were actions you were doing at the zoo? Smiling, great. Walking around, skipping, a little bit lively steps. Yeah, great. Anything else, action-wise? High five. Laughing. Animal noises, yeah. It's being childlike. Great. Anticipation, okay. Maybe being generous and buying them little treats or whatever, little frozen lemonades. Yeah, snacks. Yeah, healthy snacks, of course. Good, good, good grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pink healthy donuts. Mm -hmm. Any other action? Great. Traffic. Actions. Verbal, okay. Gripping the steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Language, yeah. Braking. The like, you wait to the stoplight and you get up to the stoplight and you pull next to him in the slow. <laughs> the back. <laughs> I will bore holes into your side of your car, right? You know? What else? Huffing and puffing. Yep. Speeding up. Brake check. <laughs> Posture changes. Okay. Tell me about that. Posture changes. Yeah. Tense, yeah, okay. Let's even talk about that. So again, I'm not behavior modifying, but even in that, open, head up, back, you're like, this is normal, I'm relaxed, oh, up like this. Open, anger, closed, hunched over, like tight gripped, right? So you're closed off to actually receive anything. That's the result of bitterness and anger, physically, like you're actually closing down versus opening up. All these things are, are signposts, right? So we're not driven by them, but they're little like, hey, signal over here. Something's happening, right? Okay, um, so you guys get this. I'm not going to write down the, the actions. Give me a second to hose it down. Okay, so that was all the kind of more basic ones up here. I'm going to write it down just for note-wise. Um, so we had thoughts. Uh, emotions. And then actions. Okay, so this is, your, this is the beginning of your funnel. It's kind of tightening down now. Okay, so based off of all of these... My art here. 
um, based off of all of these, you're starting to form beliefs inside of you. So this would be a bit more like if you've done like sozo type stuff, this would be a bit more of a, of a sozo. Pause really quick. This is a tool. Everyone say a tool. There are lots of tools in building a house, a lot of tools. So you're learning a tool. This isn't the tool. It's not the way. It's not the only way. It's not an exhaustive list. It's a tool that's sustainable you can do on like a daily basis. We'll, we'll, we'll come to the, the more towards that. So um, this, so, so th we would look now at what, what beliefs are. I have a 40, yep. Um, so beliefs would be things that um, would be a bit more down towards the core of the root. It's not down to the, the, the deepest part yet, but you're, look, you're looking more down towards the, the, the deeper thing of what's motivating you. What are you believing about yourself? What are you believing about other people? Okay, so based upon some of the, the thoughts um, and emotions and actions, what were things you were actually believing um, positively at the zoo? Life's great? Okay. So an overarching, like, life is good. That was a belief. Great. Really good. There's not necessarily right or wrong. Great decision. Okay. Really, really good. So hang on. Let me, let me, let me write some of these down because this will actually be helpful. Um, so uh, good choice. What else did you say, Lee? Yeah. Life good. So I would say probably belief wouldn't necessarily be I love an animal, but, but give me something a little deeper than that. that you're searching. This is great. There's, you're, you're trying to figure out this, this thing. A belief, I love animals. So where, what would be a belief in that? Animals of value. Okay, go a little deeper. Family time is important. Okay, family time. I, I just want to help out this one real quick. Okay, enhance life. Okay, so um, if, I, if I jump really down to about you and the Lord, probably um, what do you like? What does the Lord like in that he gives you things? Would that be one, one bent you could take? I, yeah, God has given us good gifts. Okay, so do, do you see like where you're trying, to, you're trying to formulate through? What am I actually believing like, yeah, that's a good belief, but let's go deeper. Like, let's actually go down to like, what am I actually believing? Oh, God gives good gifts. Oh, okay, cool. God sets me up in environments to enjoy the things I'm around. So, oh, God is a provider. God, you know, whatever. So, so you're trying to get more to like the core. Does that, that make sense? Great. You guys are doing awesome. This is really good. What do you say family time? Family time. Okay, important. Yep. Okay, great. So oh, I'm not going to be able to write that sideways. Apologize for my stance right now. <laughs> um, okay, so so family time. Okay, so the, these are all beliefs. So we're gonna pause there. Um, so let's do beliefs in traffic. Okay, so based off of all those things that you were thinking or feeling and what you're doing, what were some beliefs about yourself, about the person, about God, about anything, about life in general? Okay, yeah. So, pride, entitlement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great, great. So, I'm just going to say entitled. So, oh, entitled. Oh, wow. You got it. Um, anything else? What else? 
no one sees me. Okay, great. That's a really good one. So, so we, we thought, like, I think that was a thought someone said is, like, how do, they, how do they not see me? Like, I'm a huge car. How do they not see me right here? They cut me off. What the heck? Okay. So um, no one sees me? Is that what you said? Great. Really, really great one. That one's going to be a big one. Me. Great. What else? Bad things always happen to me. Okay, great one. Not great, but you know. What else? Yeah, so the future is fearful, right? Future fearful, okay. Anything else? Those are, those are probably a good launching point for now. Okay. People can't be trusted. Great. These are going to be, these are good ones. You start hearing big ones come up, and you're like, oh, that's going to, okay, we, we know where that's going to go. So people can't be trusted. That's a, that's, a, that's a good list. Okay, so do we all understand how we got there? Yep, cool. Okay, so um, you would list this out, thoughts, emotions, actions, beliefs. Beliefs are amazing, but what I want to actually go for is one step deeper, identity. So you can write on your paper now. I know I'm, my board's a little small, so I'm not writing it out, but these would be all on one side. Thoughts, emotions, actions, beliefs, and then underneath this, so I'll be one list, underneath this, you're going to write, I am. I have a whole teaching on this alone. I am identity. So identity is massive. Why? Because identity is going to be your greatest motivating factor in your life. So if you believe all these different things, okay, so um, I made a good choice. So if they made a good choice, what does that make you? I am something, fill in the blank. So you want to, I am something, fill in the blank, off of I, make, I made a good choice about the, about the zoo. I am wise, keep going, I'm loved, I'm amazing, yep, I'm blessed, okay, capable, really, really good, okay, so if I walk into any atmosphere or culture, any board meeting, any one-on-one, -on -one, any sort of situation, whatever it is, and I have a core belief in my heart that I am capable, I'm smart, what is that movie? I as wise, I as smart, I as kind. Somebody. The help. Yeah, that's what it is. Great. Great. I always think about that every single time I do this. You as smart, you as kind. You as, but th th that, she's doing it. She's wise. She's instilling identity in them. Why? Because anywhere you walk in, I am wise. So then someone's like, makes fun of you for like thinking something. You're like, no, that's not how that is. It's actually this. Two plus two is not three. It's actually four. And you're like, oh. But if you have a core motivating structure, identity that, that believes, I, I'm smart, I'm wise, then when they say that, you're like, oh, stupid, oh, I just had a moment, whatever, it's fine, you need to move on. It doesn't actually trip you up. But if you have a negative 
I am statement about yourself, then they say a little comment of like, no, what are you thinking, stupid? No, it's not three, it's four. It's two plus two is four. Then, and you have a negative viewpoint of yourself of like, I'm not very smart, I'm not, too, I'm not wise, I'm not whatever, fill in the blank. That's gonna trigger you a lot more. Yeah, making sense? Okay, so I am statements. Um, any other I am statements on uh, life is good? Okay, so, so, so life is good. So if life is good, what is an I am statement that says life is good? I am favored. Okay, great. Competent. Confident. Okay, yeah, great. Confident. If life is good, I'm blessed. Great. Capable, successful. Amazing, likable, yeah. All these things are great. So then you're forming core beliefs in your structure. So you see now, remember how I said you can tear down negative stuff for, for a while, but you will come to the end of it, but you can build forever and ever, right? The trick is to build someone with great humility. Confidence is rooted in humility. Arrogance is rooted in pride. Confidence, roots in humility. Arrogance, roots in pride. So we're trying to go for confidence that roots in great humility and meekness, right? Kings and queens that serve with the servant's hands. Yep, sound good? Okay, so I am, okay, so let's go I am on the negative beliefs. So about the traffic. So if, um, man, my writing was rough. If I am entitled, so if I'm the best driver, of like, I'm obviously the best driver in the world. They didn't see, you know, what, what does that mean? I am negative. This, is, so this would be a bad, bad I am statement about yourself that you're, that you're believing. So I'm arrogant, I'm conceited, I'm better, okay. I'm delusional, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. What else? I'm full of pride, yep. Okay, so let's do the I am for no one sees me. I'm invisible. I'm unimportant. Self-pity. Well, so, so, so try to put it into an I am statement. So I am pity, I am. Yeah, yeah. so, so the, the point of this would be to find your own language. It wouldn't be, there, there's not a right answer that's from me. It's a, what actually hits. So what you're looking for in this entire list is the like, oh, that got me. You're looking for the, like the, 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 really, the poignant one, the charged one, the charged like phrase or belief that you're actually operating out of. And you'll know when you hit it. Like a dentist, zzz, I'm good, I'm good, Novocaine, zzz, ah, you know, you know when you hit it, right? So you're, you're looking for that little moment of like, oh, that does something inside of me that I do not like, right? So you're looking for language. So no one sees me, so I'm invisible. I'm insecure. And I'm insignificant. I'm not seen, I'm not known. Why? So, so then you think how this affects you when you walk into any situation and you have a core belief in your heart that thinks I am invisible. Then you walk into somebody a leader, let's put it in a church context, you walk into a church context and there's a leader who's, who's with you and you have a lens, if you will, that thinks I'm invisible, I'm unimportant, I am not seen, and then the leader doesn't even smile at you because they're busy and running around and then you're like, see, they hate me. Then you start this downward cycle that I'm invisible, no one sees me, and then you 
enter into what's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm like giving you guys so much stuff right now. But you enter into what's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Some of you may have heard that, where your prophecy, um, this, this would be in secular world as well, not just prophetic speaking, but your prophecy, what you're declaring, what you're believing about yourself, I am invisible, truly makes you invisible. Because then you walk around with like, I'm invisible, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I wear. It doesn't matter what I say. I just am going to shut up and not say anything. I'm just going to shrink away. I'm not going to do anything. And then you become invisible. Why? Because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you're acting out what you believe about yourself. Yeah? Okay, so we're going to keep going for time's sake. Um, bad things happen to me. What, what would that make? I am. I'm a victim. Great. I'm unworthy. I'm hopeless. Yeah. I'm insecure. Yeah. Irresponsible. Great. So, so not what? Not valuable. Yeah. So, so you're looking for whatever resonates. Ding. The tooth. Like the, the whatever, whatever is ringing true, um, poignant and charged in your life. So there's not a right or wrong answer. You're looking for whatever actually hits you. Right? Okay. So that's beautiful. That's identity. This one trips up people a little bit. But... Whatever you find about yourself always comes back to what you believe about God. This one's hard for people to sometimes identify. Why? Because in a wonderful way, um, Bethel, I can talk about Bethel a little more just because I'm there all the time. But one of our core kind of values is God is good, right? So then when I am trying to, illuminate people to seeing different areas in their life where they're believing God isn't good. They're like, it doesn't matter if I think God is whatever negative because it's not true. You're right. It doesn't matter until you're living out of that place. Yeah. Is that making sense? Like how you're living out of that place. Okay. So if I am unseen or invisible, what does that make God? If God created you, God, the, the all-powerful, omnipotent God, created this, un, this invisible, unseen, unnoticed thing. What does that make God? God is careless. Great. What else? Powerless. God is invisible himself. Okay. What else? Not a right or wrong answer. God is mean. God is cruel. That's going to dictate how you live your life. God is hypocritical. Great. God is distant, yeah. So the more you can put your language to it, the better it's going to be. Does this make sense? Okay, so, so these are all the things you're, you're filling in. God is distant. God is angry. God is a taskmaster. God is, a, you know, whatever. Then you start, you start looking at like, wow, these are identity things that I've come to believe. Now, different, there's, I've done so many different things pass from sozo to ancient paths to um, kind of inner healing, whatever models. Whatever model you use doesn't necessarily matter. But for this, in this sustainable way, so we now have these two big guys. These, these are the two areas you're looking for, okay? So um, let's do um, the positive ones really quick. So if, if you are um, uh, delighted, um, or these positive things, what does that make God? God is about the zoo, the positive ones. God is good. God is creative. Loving, great. So you're really looking for what resonates with you because sometimes if, if you say God is love, which, which is, um, that's the core 
of everything, right? God is love. But that may not actually resonate with you. Why? Because you've almost heard it so much. So you're trying to really look for, for language. But then you'll get language, and that language will take you right back down to God is love. And you're like, he loves me. Ah! You know, and you lose your mind because you realize God is love. It's crazy. But sometimes you need different language to actually de- identify, oh, that resonates to me because that communicates God is love. So God is love will probably be the deepest core one that you can actually go after. But come up a little bit to actually enable yourself to connect to it. The point is that you connect to it. So God is in a good mood. God is kind. God knows what I want and what I need. Um, God's a good father. God is near. He is, you fill in the blank. You getting this? Yep. Okay. So then you would turn the page. So these would all be thoughts, emotions, actions, beliefs. I am God is all kind of on this one column. It's nice to do it on like one page. So we have a journal and a workbook. I, um, but I have two pages, what we call a spread. So on the left page is all the, the negative ones or this, this whole column. One through three. So, um, yeah, right here, right in through here. And then you turn the page, and this is the game change. We're just going to imagine this is my new page. So then you go into prayer. This would be a prayer. So in your positive ones, this becomes a prayer of thanksgiving. Pause on that. I'm like giving you guys this. This is like usually like this is two or three weeks of curriculum. I'm cranking into one little session. Um, But the prayer of, of thanks, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my most violent weapon. What? A Thanksgiving's weapon? You better believe it. It's my act of warfare. It is my arrow. It is my sword. It's my axe to take out the head of the enemy over and over again. Why? Because what does Thanksgiving require? What's the opposite of thanks, thanksfulness or Thanksgiving? What's the opposite? The bad. If you're not thankful, ungrateful, complaining, entitled, prideful. Depressed, yep. So it's up to you, right? Hunched over again, hands on the plow, so to speak, and you're up to me. It's, uh, it's uh, protecting, self-protecting. You're, it's, it's, it's up to this. Where in American Sign Language, I don't know if Australian's different, but is thank you is open-handed. Same? Yeah. Open-handed, thank you. Psalm 100, we enter with the password. This is the message translation, Psalm 100. We enter with the password, thanks. We enter into your courts with thanksgiving, right into your gates with praise. We, end, we enter in with thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving is truly my most wild weapon. I dare you the next time you're in a storm or a cloud or just a funk or whatever, I dare you to give a sacrifice of praise. What's a sacrifice of praise? When you don't feel like it, you come on a Sunday morning and you're like, you are good, good. Mm-hmm. Is he? Funny, but also real, right? No one in this room has ever thought that when singing that song, right? (laughs) Other people, other churches, other, definitely not, right? But it's when you don't actually believe it, but you're like, I'm going to declare and believe this. I'm going to sing this song. And then suddenly something shifts inside of you. Many of you in this room probably have had that, like that little um, play 
of that little story play out in your life, right? You're like, I don't want to sing this song, but I'm going to. You are good, good. Oh, you're never. Oh, whatever. I don't even like that song. I don't even know if he never lets me down. I don't. Even, oh, blah blah blah. And then you start singing. You're like, okay, okay. Wow. All of a sudden, all my problems are becoming smaller, and the Lord's goodness and kindness are becoming bigger, right? Because you're actually feasting on what He's doing. So that's my that's my violent weapon of thanksgiving. I literally think of it as like a sword, where I'm like, I'll just like take it with thanksgiving like i'm just like thank you god like i'll start out usually really quiet really simple and i'm just like thanking like the lord there's this youtube of this little guy i play at my class um she's this little probably like three or four year old and she's like standing on the the sink the vanity sink of 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 her bathroom and she it's like her dad's like sneaking up behind her like filming it and she's by herself in in the bathroom looking in the mirror with like a blow dryer and a hair and she's like i love my skin i love my hair i love my curls i love my toes i love my house i love my this and she's like, like literally, and you like feel it rising up inside of you. She's like, I love my family. I love my this. I think everything's great. And she's like, clap. And she's just like literally encouraging herself. She's like admonishing herself, strengthening herself in the mirror. It's amazing. It's really incredible. Like if you actually come at this with like a violent warfare, man, things shift around you. Shift around you. Like honestly, think of three things you're thankful for right now. Health. What else? Family. What? Friends? Yep, come on. Give me, give me specifics. Give me names. Give me something. Yep. Anybody else? Spit it out. Did I, did just, just tell me. Tell me something. I don't care if, you, if I hear it or not. Jesus, what else? Come on. Come on. More. You're working this muscle right now, guys. Come on. Thanksgiving. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. What else are you thankful for? Come on. On top of each other. If you're not speaking, say something. What What are you thankful for? Come on, come on. I'm working you right now. I'm like a like Zumba guy, and I'm like you're 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 out of shape. You're out of shape. Come on, let's step up. Like honestly, what are you thankful for? Right, all these things. Okay, so so that's great. They're really really good. Some of you are atrophied in your muscle of Thanksgiving. And me even doing that as a little bit of a joke is actually triggering you just a little bit. You don't know what my day was like. You're right, I don't. But I don't know what this will do. And that requires great humility. Right? It's not ignoring what's happening. It's choosing in the midst. Yeah? Okay, so Thanksgiving. You guys need to get better at that. That's a very loving, I know we're in like a setting where like people are listening to you and so you're like, I don't want to speak and say anything. I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm half joking. You guys, you guys understand my connection point there. But some of you need to get better at that. I'm going to come in as a little doctor. Blood test right now and be like, this little area, your Thanksgiving count's a little low. <laughs> okay, honestly, like, like just, let's just, let, let's look at this. Let's, you know, next checkup, we're going we're gonna to look at that area, okay? Honestly, though, hear that as a beautiful little little admonition correction, okay? Um, there's always more room for thanks. Okay, the second would be the negative one um, would be a prayer of repentance. Ooh, I love repentance. Repentance and confession. This is my confession. Sorry. Nobody got that. Okay. Um, wow, my... Okay, man, you get it. Um, confession. So repentance and um, confession. So what? Uh, 
what you're actually repenting for is the beliefs I am and God is. You're not repenting for the actions, right? You're not repenting for the, for the fingers or for the words or for the whatever. You're not repenting for that. That will also need to happen, but that's fruit. That can be fixed very, very easily. You fix a motivating factor, you heal the root, you will heal the fruit without even trying to, right? Like, I'm, I'm not as interested that you slam the door. Of course, like, yes, go apologize to your sister. You slammed the door in her face or you punched her, you know, whatever. Or you said some colorful language in, in the traffic line and you shouldn't have. Yes, you're going to need to clean that up practically, absolutely. But if you actually heal the root of what's going on, that's naturally fruits, because positive good fruit is going to pop out, okay? So this would be um, repenting and confessing. Wow, that is a messy. For um, I am and God is. So like what you're actually believing, negative things like what Holy Spirit, forgive me for believing the lie. Like that kind of language, forgive me for believing the lie that I am invisible, that I am unseen, that I am unworthy, that I am unnoticed. Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry for believing that you were distant, you were angry, you were upset. Like put it into words, like, like, like write it out, honestly. So when I do this in school, I have them do like three or four of these a week, positive and negative simultaneously. To, and and you, you start chewing on what the Lord is doing inside of you. And then you start reading, you're like, that feels a little lame that answer, you know, like, sorry, God. When I was growing up in my house, if we weren't allowed to say, I'm sorry, we had to say, will you forgive me for? <laughs> my mom was like, Mm-mm, no, sorry, Michael, I spilled that on you. No, will you forgive me for? Like, it seems, it seems juvenile, but it's big. Why? Because it's humility, great humility. Like, will you forgive me for? And it puts you, it puts you in a place of vulnerability. Will you forgive me? It makes them powerful. You don't have to forgive me but you can if you want to, but that's not up to me, but I'm offering this to you, and you can actually hold that back from me, and that will hurt me, but I'll be able to move on from it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? Small, but, okay, so we got that prayer, massive. Okay, and the whole point, remember we started this out, the whole point of this entire exercise God's words. God speaks. So you would literally journal in third person. Like I would, I would write in third person, Peter, you are like from the voice of the Father. I would journal out. So like Al would write, Al, Alex, you are, right? Or whatever, whatever the Lord is actually literally saying to you in response to your prayer, because he always responds. When you start writing his words, and if you haven't done this maybe ever, some of you maybe not a ton, it will be clunky and awkward. Why? Because you're learning a new language. But you don't tell a child, stop slurring their language. No, you, you know, you, you giggle a little bit like, oh, that's funny, that's cute, he just said that, right? But we get hard in ourselves when we're learning something new and we, we're like, how do I hear the voice of the Lord? In our Christian charismatic culture, we can go around hearing the voice of the Lord for everybody else but then we, we become addicted. We need a dose of someone else confirming what the Lord's saying. Why? Because we're atrophied in our own ears. But you have two ears and one mouth to receive, to actually hear the voice of the Lord Jesus, Matthew 4, 4. Every word that surpasses from the mouth of God, that's, that's how I live. That's what sustained me, sustains me. You want to prophesy? You want to be a prophetic beast that gets phone numbers and all sorts of different addresses and like words of knowledge and shambles and wildness? Great. Feast in the voice of the Lord for yourself. 
you want to actually be the highest encourager in the room and you want to encourage other people, you can't encourage other people unless you know how to encourage and strengthen yourself in the Lord. In order to throw a crown, the elders throw the crown at the feet of Jesus. In order to throw a crown, you have to receive a crown. It is not arrogance. It would be, it would be like utmost disrespect if Jesus is placing a crown on your head and you throw it down too soon, right? If, 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 if a parent saves up money and buys you a Christmas gift and you get the Christmas gift, you're like, the Xbox One, oh, and the kid is like, thank you so much, and smashes it on the ground. It's all for you. It's all for you. You're like, that was like $400, you know, whatever it was, right? No, we wouldn't do it, but we do it in the church all the time. Like, wow, that song was amazing. Oh, that sermon was amazing. Wow, like that, that, that outreach you did, that was so incredible. Oh, it wasn't me. It was all God. It wasn't that good. <laughs> Receive it, like receive it a little bit. But then, so feast on the, vo- on the voice of the Lord and what he's doing and what he's saying to you. Learn his language. Learn his tone, his inflection. Learn what he sounds like. Because if you learn what he sounds like, then when you're in the middle of it and you, don't, you can't hear anything and there's fog and storm and waves, metaphorically, surrounding you, you know what he sounds like. So then Satan comes and whispers, did God really say? And it doesn't sound like your father. And so you stop like, hey, that doesn't sound like you. That doesn't sound like my father. That's not, that. uh-uh, get away from me, right? And you're going through a hard season or whatever, and people, well-meaning people hopefully say really dumb things, right? And, and they just say different things like someone dies in your family, and they're like, oh, it's okay, at least they're dancing in heaven. You're like, I mean, yeah, true, but it doesn't really help me out right now in this moment. You know, like, like okay, that, thank you, person, but, but that doesn't sound like the tone of my father right now. You don't necessarily have to say it to them. You could, depending on your relationship. But so you're feasting on what the Lord says. You're feasting on what, what he says. Several things with this. Um, we need to be done here soon. But se- several things with this. Um, if I could make you guys do this, I would. <laughs> Just because repetition is actually really, really good. The only way this is going to be powerful is if you give it power. That's the only way it's actually going to be good is if you really sit down. The point of all this is to quickly, I'd flip it around, but too much work, to get down to the root. That's the point, is to quickly be like, hey, what am I feeling in this moment? You're having an argument with your spouse right now, and you're, you're feeling something, but you're not sure. But you've done these a lot, so you've worn the paths of fruit to root over and over again. So you've worn this thing, and you're like, wow, what am I feeling right now? I'm not frustrated. I'm not this. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like disconnected. I'm feeling isolated. Wow, I'm feeling really lonely right now. I hate Spouse, I'm, I'm just feeling really lonely right now. What? You know, lonely? I'm, we're talking about you not taking out the trash and, you know, whatever. And, and, and you didn't take out the rubbish. Like, this is, this is not about you feeling lonely. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm actually feeling like I do everything around the house and you don't do much. And this, I, I feel guilty even saying that. So you're learning communication patterns. You're, there's too much to unpack in that. But, but you're, you're learning what you're actually experiencing in that moment. And then recipient, this is a whole, I'm giving you so much right now, but when someone comes to you in great vulnerability, connection is going to be greater than truth for a second. Mercy triumphs over justice. Truth will come, right? If someone's wrestling with God and believing if he's actually good and kind and real, they probably don't need to hear that he's a good God and he's real. They probably need to be like, wow, that's really intense. I'm so sorry that's happening. How how did you get there? How did that happen? Tell me more about it. They don't need truth shoved down their throat. Probably, especially if they're in the church, they know the truth. They need compassion, someone to come and sit by them for a second. 
and then realize that God is big enough to handle their questions and their process and that he can be the one to lead them out. There does come a time, yes, of course, when it's been like, hey, it's been years. It's time to get out of that hole. There, there is that for sure. But I wouldn't say that's probably the first thing they need to hear, right? So, so you're learning how to communicate with others. You're learning how to actually feast on the Lord and what, what he's doing, what he's saying. It is crazy. So I have my students who positive and negatives, and they have a little workbook. It is nuts for them. We get to about two or three months in, and they'll look back, and they'll see what the Lord is revealing to, um, to them. And then they'll look at their negative ones and what they're, what they're repenting from right in here. And it is crazy how they match up. If the enemy, whatever, was going to break this door right here, he wouldn't hit it in 10 different places, more than likely. He'd hit it probably in one, two, maybe three places over and over and over again to bust through the bust through the door. That's like a battering ram. You don't hit it, boom, down there, but you know, you hit it in the same place over and over again. Many of you have been around this mountain many, many times, but the Lord actually wants to do some work with you and have some conversations with you. This is not the Holy Spirit. It's a tool. It's a tool to realize so that then when you've done this a couple times and then you're in your work, in your workplace and your, your boss says some snarky little comment to you and it's really hard, and you don't have time to go light a candle, put on some soaking music, and go journal out your feelings. No, get back to work. It's 2 o'clock. you still got three more hours, right? You know, like, like he's going to be like, no, this is not okay. And you're like, I need a moment to go do reflective prayer. <laughs> what? No. Get your butt back in there. You know, that's, that's not going to work. So the, the point of this is for you to be able to actually get to the place where you're like, where the boss comes and says something snarky to you, and you're like, oh, that hurt. That's exactly what my dad said. That's exactly what my mom said. Oh, this really triggers me. This really hurts or whatever. And you can be like, hey, no, wait. What did the Lord say? So then the Lord's voice, his words become cornerstones, cornerstones of your life. It's, no, my positive, I am seen. I am known. So then when you, you have passed up getting a raise for the fifth time, the fifth year in a row, and you haven't gotten a raise or a promotion at work, and you're like, see, I'm unseen. But the Lord said otherwise. No, I'm actually seen. Then your declaration doesn't become cheap because you've, you've walked the story with the Lord of actually, I feel overlooked. I feel really not seen, not known in this moment. However, I've repented from that. I've cashed it in. I've allowed the Lord to come in, and he's spoken truth to me that I'm actually seen and I'm actually known. So you, boss, and you're telling me that I'm unseen, I'm, un I'm unknown. I know within my heart I'm actually seen and I'm known. Does that make sense? So then you're literally coming in with, with armor on to actually get you through the world. Otherwise, you're allowing your culture, your boss, your circumstance to define you. When we live by God's voice and his words, not by the voice of man and not by the circumstance that's set out before us. God wants to sit with you in the middle of your journey. He really does. He's not scared. He's not overwhelmed. This is going to take a little bit of work, though. I know I'm giving you a very practical tool that you are going to have to kind of go in and figure out your own way of how to use it. But that's the beauty of the journey is it is organic and it is relational and it is tailored fit to you. It looks like you, so you have to figure out your own way. You can take my kind of tool with this. But ultimately, what is going on? Why is this going on? Holy Spirit, here's what's going on. Come sit with me in it. Let's talk about it. I'm so sorry. This is what's going on. Oh, I hate it. Great, and then you hear the voice of the Lord. P 
Peter, you are not invisible. You are so seen. You are so seen. And then you're doing positive ones where you're like, wow, the Lord sees me and know me. I'm at the zoo. And he's like, I'm like feeling seen and loved. And the very things that enemy's coming to steal, the Lord's coming in to reinforce. So in that moment, no, boss, I'm not seen. Like, this is who I am. I'm a child of God. And that's not a phrase, a little token phrase you toss out. No, you've sat as a kid at his table, and you've embraced your childlikeness. And then you've realized this is who I am. So now when you sing, I'm a child of God, it's not just a cute little song. It's a, like, testimony of your life. Why? Because you've entered into the story of what he's writing in you. And when you sit with him, you become like him. And when you become like him, you can't help but going out and changing the world. You can't help but talking to your boss. You can't help but coming in with compassion when he comes in with aggression. You can't help but simply talking to that person in a wheelchair who has the braces or whatever. Why? Because you know he's a healer. Even if you're still walking out sickness or even if someone died of whatever disease, right? Because you know this is who he is. When you really get him, you can't help but not get over yourself and pour out. It will naturally come out of you. There is no way to stop it. There is no way. It's like sprinkling fertilizer on your heart, on those roots. You can't stop it. You can cut it down. You can try to clamp it. You can try to clamp it down with religion and ought tos and shoulds, but it's going to come out no matter what. I dare you to try it. I dare you to try this out. This would be emotional health. I think one of the greatest witnesses for non-Christians is when they see Christians go through hell and they see Christians go through like the intense whatever of the fire, and yet they're not fake, they're honest, they're real, they're authentic, they're vulnerable appropriately for that relationship, wherever it is, but then they see your hope filled, and they're like, you should be a mess. You should be destroyed right now. How are you not destroyed? You're still encouraging me, and I'm just griping about my whatever, but you have this disease, and you have this, you know, what? how is this working? And it confounds people. It, it, it just confronts the thing, and it just like, what is happening? I think that's one of the greatest witness tools through relationships, right? Because your, your walk is preaching the gospel. And that you cannot refute. Yeah. Echo Church, realize how healthy you are. Realize what he's done on the cross. He's already paid for it. You're not broken. You're just figuring out how healed you actually are. And the tension in between. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, Thanks so much. Yeah, Lord, would, would you, um, would you lead this church? Would you lead this group of believers onto their own journey of wholeness? Holy Spirit, thanks for the gift of humanity. Thanks for the gift of smelly, stinky, sweaty humans. Thank you for the gift, God, that you wrapped yourself in flesh and called it good. Holy Spirit, I, um, I breathe courage right now in the hearts, courage right now into the hearts of every single person to write their story with you, to not be afraid, to actually lean in with this. Yeah, Lord, would you unlock things inside of them that they didn't know were possible? Would they feel connected back to the root, which is the real root, the root of Jesse, you? Jesus, we love you so much. Would this church be marked with whole, healthy people? 
that are not afraid to do the hard work? Would their need for you be your honor, not their shame? Would their great need for Jesus be their honor, not their shame? I bless this church to fall more in love with Jesus, to walk beside you, and cultivate a beautiful friendship. The peace of God that surpasses all of our minds' understanding permeate you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Lee, do you want to, I haven't asked you this, do you want to like release people and then do like 10 minutes of question and answer? Would that be, would that be good or like you let them go? Let my people go. You want to? Is it, would that be helpful? Would that be good? You guys are welcome to go. Why, why don't I say for like 10 minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Most people stayed. That's awesome. Sorry. I, sorry. Hi. Um, <laughs> a couple of things just quickly that last night when I was talking to Peter came up that I just want to highlight that he touched on, but just really highlight. Please don't leave here and just do this. Please don't leave here and just go internally negative. Let's get everything dealt with. As much time as you deal with something that sucks... Spend the same amount of time rejoicing in what's good, okay? Don't focus on the negative. There is more good going on. We need to look at the good, but don't just rejoice in the good and not actually allow God to deal with the past or the pain or the hurt, okay? That and also something that Peter said, if he, one of his people sit down with him and they say something, Peter now reverts and goes, have you done these steps? What did God say? Can I say this? Obviously, the next six months, Justin has shared, we're going, we're going after the in, inward. Jen Stockman, Steve Backland, Justin Stockman. Our speakers lined up, which was not planned by us, even though we asked them, God knew. Like We're talking about our inside, our inner world, our health, because we really believe so strongly about us looking after ourselves. You know, you can't love others if you don't love and look after yourself. You're useless to the world if you are not healthy. Okay? Said it? It's out there. So the next six months, we are talking a lot about this stuff at different, and Steve Backlund will give different tools and Justin Stockman will give different tools. This is brilliant. And if someone comes up to you and say, hey, have you actually spoken to God about this? So if Anthea comes up to me with something, I'm going to say, Anthea, have you spoken to God? What did God say? The goal is that we hear God for ourselves. That's the goal. And if someone goes, I don't know, then either grab them by the hand to help them through the process or say, will you go and talk to God and then come back and we'll talk about it. The point is we hear God for ourselves. That's our number one goal. Peter said that our number one goal is we hear God for ourselves. But we have relationship with each other because God created us to be in relationship. God created a family. We are in a family here, which means we do it together. So we don't just say, you just sort it out with God and don't talk to me ever again. You know, we actually then go, okay, what did God say? And let's now talk about it. How can I help? What can I, what can I do? What can I pray for? All right. I think that was it. Yes. Really quick. No, I'm really glad you said there's so much content I'm trying to like filter through. 
um, I'll hit just echo, echo what, what you just um, said. So if, if you sit down and you're trying to tear down things that actually don't need to be torn down and you don't allow the Lord to open them up inside of you, then that becomes self-help. Because you're like, I got to fix myself. I got to heal myself. And that's not going to work because he's the healer, not you. Okay? So if the Holy Spirit's not opening it up and not leading you and inviting you, everyone say invitation. If you don't get an invitation to the party, don't go to the party. Right? It's not going to be a party when you show up. Right? So get an invitation first. Like, no, I feel the Lord inviting me. I feel the Lord pulling me into this. Number one. Great. Write down, follow the invitation. If you're writing down notes, follow the invitation. Um, and then secondly, God's words. This is crucial and must, I didn't hear this, so thank you. It must be done in community. Like, it has to be done in community. Otherwise, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to scare people. This is how cults form. Yep. God told me, well, that doesn't really give me much space to give you feedback about, well, God didn't tell me that, right? So that is the beauty of the body in the sense of like you have to actually work together and iron sharpen iron, right? So you realize what is his tone. Hey, that, I know you're saying God said that, but it just doesn't feel like the Jesus I know. Right, so, so then you're, 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 it's, it's done within the tension of community. So then you're sharpening how to speak a language. You're teaching a kid how to speak a language, and you're learning the language of the Father. So it needs to be done with people. So invite people into your process. Sometimes I have students especially who will get this tool, and they're like, jackhammer by myself in my bedroom. You know, and they're just like, honestly, going to town. I had a girl who spun out and had an actual mental breakdown because she was going way too much by herself for weeks and going after stuff and unearthing tons of stuff and not actually connecting to any other human about it and not talking to somebody about it. And she, she, went, off, she went off the deep end, like, went, like checking to the hospital for a little bit of time. This is a powerful tool. Like I'm convinced this is a powerful tool in the great way, but do it with people. That's, don't scare you like, I'm never doing it, right? But, but, but do it with people. I want, I want you to realize it is a sword and swords cut, right? And swords are great. But they also cut. So do it with people and realize that if you only spend time tearing stuff down, you'll, you'll then start going down deeper into, it. you're not tearing down anymore. Now you're just, you're destroying. 